Amen. Thank you all so much. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have in the middle of the week to worship and to pause and to praise you. There is no one like you. Lord Jesus, we honor you tonight. As Shauna has led us to sing, there's no one like you. You alone are glorious and majestic in all your ways, Lord Jesus, and we honor you and praise you. You are our Lord, you are our King, you are our Savior, you are our friend, you are our brother, you are our high priest. We glorify and honor you tonight, and we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together and study your word. We pray for those who are tonight grieving the loss of loved ones and praying for those who are extremely sick among us in our church, who, and those who have illness and troubles of all kinds, and, and also joys these days, the birth of new children and other good things that have happened in their lives. So whether we bring tonight in our hearts a burden and sadness or a joy, we, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we grieve with those who grieve. And we pray for those who are listening tonight who are joining us electronically. We pray that you'd bless them as they gather up their Bible and, and sit down perhaps for the first time today and have a chance to hear your word and to reflect on it and think about it. So we pause now and we pray for the person that you've put on our heart today. So in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would hear our prayers and that we've presented these to you. We lift them to you. You know the circumstances that they are going through. You know the situations they face. You know the needs that they have in their life. And you know our needs before we even ask in prayer. But we present these to you. They're, burden, they're a burden to us tonight. And we ask that you would be close to them that they would be saved, they would be comforted, that they would come back to you and repent of sin, whatever the condition of their life. We present them to you tonight, and we thank you for the work that you will do in their lives as we pray for them in the name of Jesus, as the Lord has commanded us to do. So we ask in your name, Lord Jesus, and we know that you will do it according to your will and purpose. Now bless our time in your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you tonight, and we're glad to have you. If you did not pick up a copy of the outline on your way in, you might want to pick it up. And Ricky, can you please bring up the lights a little bit in here uh, so that everybody, it's, it's a little bit dark for them to see their Bible. If you don't mind, if you could bring up the house lights just a bit. And if you're on, uh, if you're watching us also, and many of you do during these days, uh, you can go to the website and the, the uh, outline is there. Uh, for you to look at, and I'm sorry we don't have the ability to put all the uh, various parts of this up right now <clears throat> on the uh, screen by camera, <clears throat> but we'll work on that. We'll, we'll work on that in the days ahead. So let me do something here for just a moment, if you'll pardon me. So we're looking tonight in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, if you'll find your place there. And so all across this campus tonight, we have <clears throat> our young people are meeting. We have our <clears throat> all of our children's classes. We have a number of adult classes that are also meeting. But in, uh, <clears throat> in this Bible study that I'm leading on Wednesday nights, we're talking these days about the call to Christian obedience. 
And so I want to talk to you tonight about, uh, again, about uh, the importance of obeying God. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we come to this very famous passage in Romans chapter 12. So what's been happening, Paul's writing to the church at Rome. Uh, he had not been with them yet, but he writes this tremendous, tremendous letter to them, talking about the fullness of salvation and all that it means to be saved. And as he comes to the end, and of course famous places in the in the book of Romans, I won't go through all of those, but of course in Romans chapter 8, we have those wonderful words in verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. He goes through and talks about the importance of walking uh, and following the Holy Spirit. In, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 6, The mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. And we're not in the flesh, we're in the Spirit if we're born again and saved. Verse number 9, <clears throat> he goes on. And then chapter 9, he talks about the importance of, well, the end of Romans chapter 8 is so great, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer. Verse 37, for I am convinced that neither death, life, angels, principalities, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, or any other created thing, we'll be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord. Nothing can separate us who are born again and saved from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our love. Oh, the love of God. And then he comes back to talk about this tremendous need of what will happen with the nation of Israel and how God again will deal with them and that their partial hardness of heart gives an opportunity in these days of grace for many, many Gentiles to be saved and, of course, Jewish people to be saved. But then he comes also in chapter 10 to those famous words that many of us have used in sharing the gospel with people. Uh, I say it all the time to this church. I quote it to you. It's Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead you shall be saved. In verse number 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And uh, then he goes again and talks a little bit more about Israel not being completely cast away. And then he ends chapter 11 with these wonderful words <clears throat> that we read beginning in verse 33 as, as Paul begins to think about the unbelievable purposes of God in salvation in Jesus Christ, and he breaks out in praise. Oh, the depth of the riches, both, I'm reading Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. <clears throat> How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. He closes <clears throat> this very important uh, section of his letter after all of these great truths about salvation in Jesus Christ and being justified by faith. And then he turns 
to, to uh, it, it's an interesting contrast. It is, it is moving from faith and trust in God to obedience to God. And the bridge uh, is in Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is where he crosses over now and he draws as Paul is... <clears throat> I know I'm talking to here tonight. Most of you are very good students of the Bible and those listening. He does what Paul famously does. He draws a conclusion. Therefore, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, <clears throat> you who have believed and you who have been saved, you who have confessed Jesus as Lord, believed in your heart, you who have praised God and recognized that from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, as I'm now going to urge all of you, my brethren, tonight, and you who are listening. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to do three things. He gives us three imperatives here. To present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. These are very familiar passages to most of you in this room. You've memorized them. You've thought about them. But we're going to take them apart tonight and think about them as it relates to Christian obedience. <clears throat> Again, first imperative. Present your bodies acceptable to God. Second imperative. Do not be conformed to this world. <clears throat> Third imperative. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher tonight. May the word of God come alive for us in the middle of this week in the midst of distraction, despair, joy, whatever our emotions may be, may we bring all of our thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ tonight. May the blessed Holy Spirit of God truly speak to our hearts tonight about our condition of obedience. May we look at our hearts and may the Holy Spirit force us to look at ourselves and ask the deep question, am I obeying God? Am I accepting the will of God and finding in it what is good and acceptable and perfect and living by it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the focal truth tonight is around this very comment I've been talking about, that the act of holy worship <clears throat> produces an acceptance to do the will of God. <clears throat> the act of holy worship produces an acceptance to do the will of God. Now, <clears throat> Paul begins with these words about the, uh, notice, the spiritual service of worship. You see, worship is a ministry. It's an act. It's something we do. We, we worship the Lord. And I appreciate Shauna and all the brothers every week, every week. We are blessed. And thank you all for doing this every week. You lead us you serve the Lord and you lead us in worship to God be the glory. And it means, such, uh, it means so much and you've done it for a long time and I appreciate you all very much <clears throat> that you're willing to do it. But this, uh, this act of service, this uh, spiritual service of worship 
I'm, I'm taking the end of the verse and bringing it back to the beginning. <clears throat> helps us to see that in this act of uh, this service of worship, there is actually obedience. So there is first the, uh, the principle in worship of presentation. Presentation means showing up. You meet God. Or as uh, James says, uh, and Peter uses the phrase, draw near to God. It is this matter of showing up. So when we, the act of holy worship begins by presenting ourselves to God. So when you come to worship, whether it's privately or publicly, the importance is for you to appear or present yourself before God in the right way. We don't think much about this in the modern church. We're just so busy. We're just trying to get all the kids to the right place. <clears throat> Hopefully nobody's sitting in our sacred chair in the worship center. Hopefully nobody got our park that obviously should have our name on it because we come here all the time. We do all these things. We got all this going on. We're worrying about this, that, and the other. We show up in here uh, to begin to sing praise to God and to hear the Word of God preached, and we come for public worship. But do we ever think about presenting ourselves as we come to worship? This is, the, this is an act of worship, but it's also an essential act of obedience. So tonight I want to use this to show you Paul's progression here. He shows us something of a pattern. So read it through. Let me walk you through it. Uh, I urge you, brethren, by God's mercies, because of the mercy of God, He saved us. Now we come and present ourselves to Him. And we present ourselves to God as living, holy sacrifices, acceptable to God. That's what we do. That's our spiritual service of worship. We're, we, and we're not to be conformed to the world. And we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that, this is what we want to get to, we do all of these things so that, here's the purpose, that you may prove <clears throat> what the will of God is. If I'm going to obey God, I have to know the will of God as it's revealed in the Word of God. How do I get my stubborn will to turn and be transformed in order to obey God. See, this is the challenge. Unless your will is changed, you will not obey God. You will not, you will not be obedient to the Lord. So you prove the, what the will of God is, and then the will of God is, is accepted as good, acceptable, and perfect. So I want to go through this in some detail tonight. That's why I hope you have the outline, and we'll work our way through it and see how we do. Number one, presenting our bodies to God in holiness is an act of acceptable spiritual service of worship. So when I come to present myself before God, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies. This, this Greek word to present is the word that means a place or a person or a thing at one's disposal. It's availability. It's to be available to God. Are you available to God? And notice he begins with your body. Present your bodies, your hands, your feet, your person. You can only be one place at a time. Are you willing to present yourself to God in your body today? How do you present yourself to God? All of you. 
you get up in the morning and you have a routine. And you do the same routine over and over again. You do, every one of us do it. We have our own routines. What is your routine for meeting with God? What is your, what is your routine of presenting yourself to God? This is so essential. The reason why we do not obey God is because we do not present ourselves to God for obedient service to God. You have to show up in order to do what God wants you to do. So I want us to think about this. I've given you some examples of this uh, idea of being available to God or presenting yourself to God. I'll just go back. Genesis 22. The Lord challenged and tested Abraham. And now it came about, I'm just, if you're following the outline, I'm just going to read these verses easier and you have to look them all up. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Uh, when the Lord saw, he turned aside. This is Moses in the wilderness after 40 years in the bushes burning. He turned aside. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Exodus 34, 2. So be ready by morning and come up in the morning, God said to Moses, to Mount Sinai, and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. Just you and me. You come and you present yourself to me in the morning. Leviticus 16, describing what the priests were to do as they prepared to carry out their work of worship and offering, presenting the offerings to God. He shall put on the holy linen tunic, and the linen undergarments shall be next to his body, and he shall be girded with the linen sash, and attired with the linen turban. These are holy garments. Then he shall bathe his body in water and put them on. Then Aaron shall offer the bull for the sin offered, offering, which is for himself, that he may make atonement for himself and for his household. Joshua 24.1 then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for the heads and the judges and their officers. And they presented themselves before God. You've presented yourself tonight before God. You're presenting yourself here tonight to hear the Word of God preached. You're listening to us, but you're still presenting yourself before God. We are gathered, and we are a gathered group of God's people, presenting ourselves before God. Presentation, presenting the sacrifice to God was the pattern under Levitical law. Let me just read you for the sake of time some verses. Leviticus 3.3, from the sacrifice of the peace offerings, he, that is the priest, shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. So the, the, the sacrifice is presented by the priest to God. Leviticus 3.14, From it he shall, uh, he shall present his offering as an offering by fire to the Lord. You present it. You offer it. There is an offering being presented is the picture in the Levitical law. This is an act of worship. This was the command of God. This was the way they were to come up, come before the Lord, not only for the, the cleansing of sin, but for them to have a, to meet God. Uh, Leviticus 6.20, this is the offering which Aaron and his sons are to present. I'm, I'm reading this 
The same word that Paul uses here. Present to the Lord on the day when he is anointed. Leviticus 6.25. This is the law. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the law of the sin offering <coughs> in the place where the burnt offering is slain. The sin offering shall be slain before the Lord. <coughs> it is most holy. When I come and present myself before the Lord, I am presenting myself, are you listening, as the offering to God. I can't obey God without my hands. I can't obey God without my feet. I can't obey God without my eyes and my mouth and my ears. I have to have a body to obey God. And so I come before God. What is it that you present your body to? Oh, many today present their bodies to the addiction of alcohol. Many present their bodies to uh, sexual immorality and passion. Many present their bodies to the ravages of drug abuse, uh, whether it's legal drugs or illegal. Many present their bodies to excessive work, working all the time, working from day to night. Have you ever stopped to say, why am I working? What am I doing? You see, it takes a body to obey God. And so Paul begins this very practical section of Romans 12, which this whole section has, this whole chapter has numerous responsibilities and ways we're to obey God. I'm not focused on that tonight. My point is to say this. When you come to this passage, remember what he's saying here. We are presenting our bodies, notice, a living and holy sacrifice. It's more than just that you're alive. It's that you're alive in Christ. Dead people who are still lost in their sin don't present themselves to God. They don't. They present themselves to all these other things. It is in this, it is in this very book that Paul the Apostle makes so much of reminding us of this matter of what we submit ourselves to is what we obey. Let me, uh, let me just read it to you. Romans 6, 16. Do you not know, I'm asking all of you tonight, as we think here, we're lingering on this first principle of presenting our bodies to God. This is very important spiritually. Do you not know, Romans 6, 16, that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience. I'm going to present myself to the bottle. We've got a bar right down this road. We've got people pulled in there tonight, sitting at that stool like some of you used to do, presenting themselves to that bottle. When you present yourselves to someone for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. Thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, that's what every one of us were before we were saved, you were slaves to sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed and having been freed from sin, you became 
slaves of righteousness. Why do I present myself to God alive from the dead, born again, fully alive, filled with the Holy Spirit of God? I come presenting myself alive, saved in Jesus Christ, and holy. Confess sin. I present myself. This is not the presentation when I draw near to God to confess my sin. This is the presentation when I am prepared and I am ready to meet God. What did the Lord say for Moses to do? Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. And over and over and over we read in the Levitical law that the sacrifice or the offering that's given, that's separated to God, listen, is holy to the Lord. Holy to the Lord. What did they put on all of the pieces of uh, the pieces that went on the priests? They inscribed on it, holy to the Lord. Holy to the Lord. You are holy to the Lord. You are a saint. You are a holy one in Jesus Christ. So now you present yourself alive in Jesus Christ and you present yourself holy before God and you say, I am the offering. What do you want to do with me? Now, have any of you sat down with God and said that? Don't be afraid. Pastor Mike, I'm way too old to do that. Is there a retirement age for serving God? Do you just then move to the sideline till God takes you to heaven? Is that the way that works? I'm lingering here because this is so important. Without presentation, there'll never be a change as to your opinion about the world. And this is the American church's trouble. The second principle here is this, that transforming our minds is the second act of acceptable service of worship. As I present my body, I commit myself not to be conformed to the world. I'm not going to put my body in the places of the world I used to. I'm going to stop watching things with my eyes. I'm going to stop allowing my body to experience the various kinds of uh, crippling passions that would keep me and destroy me from walking with God. I'm going to present myself to God and I'm going to separate myself from the world. And every Christian in this room, if you're going to be serious about your relationship with God and all of you listening to me, you're going to have to decide how you separate yourself from the world. But you have to make some choices. You have to make some choices. And I've found that there are a lot of old Christians, a lot of old people that are Christians who are really worked up today and mad about things because they're listening to the wrong thing and the wrong people. So we present ourselves to God and we are not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's interesting that it says, you do this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now this word transformed is uh, the word metamorphe. We get the word metamorphosis from it. Be metamorphe. Be, metamor- be, be metamorpheo. Be, be, be transformed, which literally means change into something else. 
Set your mind on other things. Have a transformed mind. Saved people who are holy before God separate themselves from the world because it continues to pull you back. It will drive you in your mind mad. You cannot be presenting yourself as a holy offering to God in conformity to the world. You must separate yourself and be transformed in your mind. And by the way, this is in a present tense. It's hard to read it in the English language, but it is the idea of continue to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing, renewing, renewing. Your mind today has been through a lot. And you need your mind to be renewed for what you face tomorrow if God gives you another day. You can't live off of yesterday's renewal. It's daily renewal. It's the renewing of the Holy Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 3.16, whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. What's Paul talking about here? Well, in 2 Corinthians 3, he's talking about the fact that when you're, un, when you're an unbeliever and you hear the Bible preached and you read the Bible, it's like a veil. It means nothing to you. It's just a bunch of talk. But when you come to know Jesus Christ and you're saved, all of a sudden it's like the scales of the veil falls off and you begin to read the Word of God and it starts to change you. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit takes these wonderful sacred words and plants them in your mind and all of a sudden you have an alternative to all of the corruption that you have had in your mind from your birth living in this world. This is a battle, my friend. This is a battle. This is a part of the onward battle that every one of us in this room face. And some of us tonight need our minds renewed. You need to be transformed. But we all with unveiled face, 2 Corinthians 3.18, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. You see, that's what happens. My mind begins to change. And you know what you discover? After you walk with God and you experience your mind being transformed, and then you get away from walking with God, you're not reading the Word of God, you're not in prayer, you're not presenting yourself to God, you know what happens? You go back, don't you? You start to have those old thoughts again. You start to think in those old patterns of the world again. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: You shall love the Lord your God. We've talked about this in detail. This is an act of obedience. Love God with all your heart, yes, soul, but with your mind. Thinking about God. For the mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the Spirit's life in peace. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, Paul says in Ephesians 4. And set your mind on things above. The three imperatives or the three acts of obedience in Romans 12 build on one another. First, Present our bodies in holiness as an act of acceptable service of worship. When you come to worship God, to pray, to honor Him, to adore Him, to glorify Him, to present intercession to Him, when you come before Him, you must come alive in Jesus Christ and holy and then offer yourself for service. What do you want me to do, Lord, today? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to write a letter? Do you want me to call someone? Do you want me to go somewhere? What do you want me to do? 
And a transformed mind is the second act of acceptable spiritual service of worship. And then transformed minds produce a transformed willingness to do God's will. So this is where I'm trying to get to. It's this last phrase. So that you may prove what the will of God is. The word prove means to discern or to approve or to scrutinize. What do I do? So I read the Word of God and it tells me to obey Him. So let's just, uh, you know, so we, let's, uh, let's pick one up. We, we, can read, uh, we can read one of these uh, words of obedience, uh, calls to obedience here in Romans 12, uh, seven, verse 17. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. You and I must obey that as believers in Jesus Christ. But when, I, when my will is not right, when I have a rebellious will, a stubborn will, you see, when I will not, will not, we even use it in our English language, I will not, I want to pay back evil for evil. That's what everybody in the world's doing these days. You pay them back. You grind them in the ground. You grind them up. You attack them. You continue to attack them. You beat them down ruthlessly. But if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I never take my own vengeance and I never pay back evil for evil, listen, to anyone. You see, I must have a changed will to do that. Because in your flesh, you'll, you'll not do it. So I discern the will of God. Oh, this is what's right for me. This is what I must do. I delight to do your will, O God, my God. Your law is written in my heart. Psalm 48. Psalm 143.10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. 1 Chronicles 28.9. As for you, my son Solomon. Here's what David said to him. Know the God of your father. Serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. There's the phrase. <clears throat> For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek Him, He will let you find Him. If you forsake Him, He will reject you forever. Let me just use 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Chronicles 28, 9. So you've now come before God and you've presented yourself. You know what the Lord does? He looks to see if you have a willing mind. Or are you just doing this because you think you're supposed to? Are you coming in eagerness and willingness of heart and spirit to do whatever God wants you to do. And the Lord is searching your heart as you present yourself before Him. This is a very important matter. This is where the fear of God comes from. And He understands every intent of your, of your thought. He understands your thinking and motivations better than you do. And then you're prepared to serve Him. You see, this willingness, it's the willingness to serve God. Are you willing tonight to do whatever the Lord says for you to do? What did the rich young ruler? He came and said, I've kept all the commandments. And the Lord said, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. He could not obey God. He could not obey. Because he was unwilling to give up that one thing that would have allowed him to completely follow God. Is there one thing in your life that's keeping you 
from your obedience to God. Well, I move on. I want to talk now for just a minute about these last three phrases because they're so very important. You see, when I come to understand the will of God and I want to do the will of God, I recognize that God's will is only good, God's will is only acceptable, and God's will is only perfect. You see, this is the biggest challenge of your life and mine. <clears throat> Willing obedience accepts God's will as the only good. <clears throat> I'm going to say it again. It's there on your outline. Willing obedience. That's what obedience is. It's willing obedience. It is your will has been changed. You've been changed. You've been transformed in your mind. And a transformed mind leads <clears throat> to a transformed will. No more stubborn will. No more resistance to God. Now you've yielded yourself to God. You're willingly obedient and you accept God's will as only good. Uh, Psalm 119.39, Turn away my reproach which I dread, for your ordinances are good. That's right. Everything that God has revealed to us in His will for us to do is good. Love your enemies. That's the only good. Pray for those who despitefully use you. That's the only good. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. For God's glory, I will do what God says for me to do in His Word. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are righteous. They're alone good. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, and they are righteous together. What God has given us in His wonderful Word, my dear Christian brothers and sisters, all of us are in the family of God, He has given us these words so that we might see that only God's will and what He wants us to do is good. What did the Lord say? Anyone who hears my words and acts on them is like a man who built his house on the rock, right? And the rains come and it stands. Well, willing obedience accepts God's will as the only thing that pleases God. <clears throat> I, I hit on this Sunday morning. I'm trying to talk about this in the finished work of Christ. It is such a burden and a grief of mine. There are so many who try to believe that that we're saved by what we do. We're saved if we, if we get baptized. We're saved if we take the Lord's Supper. We're saved if we do good works. No. For by grace are you saved through faith alone. It's the only way you can be saved. Not through anything you do. And willing obedience accepts God's will as the only thing that pleases God. So if I'm going to do the will of God, I, first, I must first be saved. And so that's why he says, present your body a living and holy sacrifice. That's acceptable to God. You know what? The Lord accepts us in the Lord Jesus Christ in being saved, but this is how we become acceptable to service. This is when I'm useful to God. Is when I am presenting myself in holiness before the Lord. This is such an important principle uh, and it's repeated over and over in the Word of God. It's something that we sometimes forget about, 
as we serve the Lord. But it's vital for us to understand. Paul said it this way in 2 Timothy 2, uh, 20. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware, and some to honor, some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, holiness, from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 2, 21. You see, willingness, willing obedience accepts God's will as only that which pleases God. Paul says, uh, 1 Timothy 2, I urge that entreaties, prayers, petitions, thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that, they may, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God. If any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Willing obedience accepts God's will as the only thing that pleases God. Willing obedience accepts God's will as perfect for everything in life. Let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete. You see, I have to be willing to obey God and be obedient to God and endure. That's an act of obedience. Paul, talking about Epaphroditus who loved his friends at Colossae in that church, he says, you know, he's been praying for you that you would be able to stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. That's what I pray for our church and for you. I pray that you might be able to stand perfect and fully, be fully assured in all the will of God because the will of God is perfect. It is perfect for you and for me. There's nothing else we need but complete obedience to the will of God. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, Now the God of peace who brought us up from the dead, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, may He equip you in every good thing to do His will. Working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You see, willing obedience discovers that God's will is the only good. I don't need to add any of my will to it. What did the Lord say? He taught us. It was the first thing I spoke to you about when we started in on this about the call to obedience. What did the Lord say? Not my will, but yours be done. Willing obedience accepts God's will as the only thing that pleases God, and willing obedience accepts God's will as perfect for everything in life. So how do we remember this? I have one minute, and I'll finish this all up. Well, number one, obedience in worship, in presentation of ourselves to God, produces wholehearted obedience to God. 
If you're having trouble with your will, it's because you have not presented yourself properly before God. So you need to do business with God. You need to confess your sin. And you need to get serious about your relationship with God. Quit making excuses and quit feeling sorry for yourself. Drawing near to God in worship melts the, stubborn, the stubbornness of disobedience. Oh, stubbornness, stubbornness. The children of Israel would not hear. They would not respond. They would not yield. Paul says these things are written to us in the Old Testament for our, to us to have an example, not to be like them in disobedience. A willing mind is a submissive mind to God's will. Wives, be submissive to your husbands. And women have to determine if they will accept God's will as perfect, the way He's designed it, men to love their wives, and women to submit to their husbands. It is the will of God. And so as we submit to God's will in marriage, it makes all the difference. And when there's not this kind of willingness to submit to God's will to make a marriage good and perfect and acceptable, there's problems. Over and over we see it. God's will, not my will, is the foundation of my obedience. It's not how good I can be at obeying God. It is my commitment to do God's will, not my will. God's will is always good, <clears throat> and God is pleased when His people do His will. <clears throat> and obeying God's will is accepting God's best. <clears throat> accepting God's will is accepting Obeying God's will is accepting God's best. So what do I do with this? Well, I present myself to God in holy worship. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, if God gives you another day, why don't you present yourself to God, a living and holy sacrifice? Why don't you determine how close you are to the world and separate yourself? And why don't you... Transform your mind by the help of the Holy Spirit as you go to the Word of God and you present yourself to God. Many things happen as we do this process of presenting ourselves to God as an act of obedience. Daily, God, daily go to God's Word to renew your mind and willingly submit to God's will in all your ways. This, there may be something going on in your life and you know what the will of God is for it. You know what the Scripture says for you to do, but you refuse to do it. Well, you're, that's, a, that's, an, that's an act of disobedience. And it's because your will is not yielded to God. You're not submitting to God. <clears throat> What's God going to have to do to get your attention and show you your unwilling, unwillingness and your rebellion? Well, the best way to end is to quote Paul's words <clears throat> in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I've been talking with some of our friends in our church who are going through some very hard, hard, sad times. <clears throat> and I have had to say to them, give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Yes. Give thanks in everything. Give thanks in everything. This is for everyone in this room tonight. 
and the everythings in your life, and every one of you listening to me, the everythings of your life, give thanks, give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 So tonight, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the direction that you give us. And tonight, we're reminded of our responsibility and obligation. Our call to Christian obedience is that I present myself living and holy sacrifice acceptable to you. That I separate myself from the world and not live in conformity to the world. That I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I might willingly, willingly accept and understand the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To the glory of Jesus Christ. And in His name we pray. Amen. God bless you for being here tonight. May the Lord bless you. Say hello to somebody on your way out. Good to see all of us, the few who are here and all of you out there. May the Lord bless you. Hope to see you Sunday. Come be back with us when you feel like it. Come be back with us. Have a great rest of the week. God bless you. Introduce yourself to somebody if you don't know them tonight.